Pastor Michael, this is the fifth day of Restless, AI and sermon preparation. Pastor Michael, we are here on the fifth day of Restless. Um, this was something a man we both respect uh, brought to our attention, something we were aware of, but it's something that's become very... Uh, that I and we've sent had actually had sent to us by patrons. We've had this sent to us by a number of people now. There are lots of services recommending AI as a sermon writing tool. So I guess we're doing a yay nay or nuance on AI as a sermon writing tool. Pastor Michael, go ahead, tell me yay nay or nuance, and uh, uh, what do you what do you want to do? And if either of us choose nuance, we're probably just, you know, probably doing another giveaway today. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, well, man, you make it so hard on me, man. I know I do. Um, I, I will say I'm going to say nay. I'm going to go yeah. with a with a hearty nay. And why? Give us give us. Do an you want me to do my why before you give your. Yeah. Why not? So um, Maybe you'll change my mind if I have a different opinion. Yeah. So for a few different reasons. Um, one is, you know, so this is the problem with what, I guess, uh, what you mean. And this is where I would, would have maybe wanted to pick nuance. It's like as a tool. Well, what does that mean as a tool? Does that mean like, Hey, I can't think of that passage I'm trying to connect. I can't remember where that is. So can I use an AI, uh, to go quick, look up where that passage is that I'm, what I'm looking for. Um, if that's what we're talking about, I actually did that once, um, only because the browser that I use uh, was is you know kind of rolling out their own AI, and so when I went to do the search function um, to look for a passage, it it uh, just because I wanted the reference, I knew the passage, but I didn't remember where where exactly it was, which gospel it was in, and so um, I quick you know went to search that, uh, and it said you know do you want to use the AI, and I said oh, I'll try it out. Um, and it was horrible. It actually was was uh, was not good in a lot of ways. But if it, if you just mean like, hey, I'm going to use it like I use a Google search, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, if you mean, uh, hey, I'm going to use it like I'd use like a Grammarly to just like go and find any typos so that I can keep this without you know typos into the future. I you know if you manuscript sermons, you want to do that. I those sorts of things are fine. If you mean what most people are going to start using this for. And this is just a reality. When you realize how um, normal the practice of plagiarizing and just stealing sermons is uh, amongst uh, evangelical churches and pastors right now, which it is very common, it's strangely common, um, what you're going to see is actually this is going to be used simply to write the sermons. Like, this is what will be used. Like, I'm not saying um, as a tool to help you write it. I think this is going to be used more or less to write the sermons. And then you might touch up what the AI writes. I think a lot of uh, people will use it like that. And that's why I'm saying uh, pretty hearty nay on this, uh, because I think that that is uh, wrong, actually. I think that if you are called as a preacher of the gospel, your primary call, like, it it's not, it's not like, Hey, this one little area of like administrative work that you have to do as a pastor could be helped by this AI. 
it's like actually the most central role that you are supposed to play as a pastor. The most, like the, the only thing that you do that nobody else does, you're giving that to AI, right? Like that's, that's what's crazy about it to me. Um, and that's what, what, what makes it go too far. And there, and I have other things I'll say too, but I'll let you jump in now. All right, Pastor Michael, see if you can talk me out of my nuance. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you my, have to take nuance anytime I don't. <laughs> I, I, well, I want to take nuance because I want to do giveaways. <laughs> and I'm hoping this can be the most offensive nuance that has ever existed. <laughs> I think my nuance is I think pastors, a lot of pastors are already doing this. Yeah. If you're using Logos and copying in basically things you find from commentaries, mm -hmm. I mean, like, I don't like those are artificially intelligent tools. Or if you have a research assistant, if you are uh, just mining sermon illustrations from databases that yeah. collect them by topic or passage. Like, again, I think we think of AI as unique because it will try and write um try and write you know um unique copy right it will generate sentences we think of it as unique but again i think the point you were making that's really good is like that's not real like this machine learning is not really doing that um i completely agree with your point that i think a lot of pastors if we lived in a world and again i i think sadly we don't if we lived in a world where there were healthy elders, healthy fathers and families, and healthy city fathers um, that were all trustworthy. And again, I grant that virtually none of these things are the case. The, the literal, at that point, the only contribution you as a pastor would have to make is theology and Bible. Mm -hmm. Because you wouldn't be the one, oh, I'm here to talk about politics or family or whatever. Like, no, you maybe you have thoughts on those but that's not what you have to contribute to your community. You right. literally have theology to contribute. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a good administrator. All of those things in a, and again, this is the kind of communities and bodies of Christ we should pray for. Mm -hmm. The one thing you have to contribute is theology and the Bible. Yeah. Um, now, again, I know lots of pastors, if they were reduced to that, would actually probably be like viewed very negatively because there are very few pastors today who are very good at that. Um, so again, if you, I, I, so I think that we're already basically using AI, you yep. grammar checks, spelling checks, commentaries. Mm -hmm. And so I think the right answer is you need to know very, very clearly how you're using these tools mm. because just a reliance on, even if you just said, well, I only use paper commentaries, the idea that that technology is the solution is not actually a solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I might live on a farm, but I'm not a Luddite, right? I, I like um, the idea of using newer technologies. I even think AI has great promise for a lot of different applications. Um, I, so I'm, I'm intrigued by these things. And, I, you know, maybe you could say that my position was a nuance in that I said, yeah, like there are things that you can use it for, right? As no, you're joining me. I, I'm basically joining you. Uh-oh. Uh, All right. So first person who joins the Patreon, <laughs> clearly Presbyterian level, will be winning a giveaway. And everyone who shares this episode is entered into a chance. <laughs> to uh, 
the $50 PCA bookstore gift card. Um, so yes. Um, like could you use AI to do some of the things that, you know, Logos or other things already do, right? Collect a bunch of information, um, even, you know, um, categorize a bunch of the information that otherwise it maybe would have taken you longer to look up or something like that. Um, I think it could be potentially helpful in those ways. The, the danger and the problem with this is that uh, most AI goes a step beyond simply uh, collecting things. Mm. Uh, maybe some of it won't, right? Maybe you can, uh, you know, get um, certain programs that are trained only to go so far. Um, but what will be rolled out more broadly is probably what the kind of stuff that's already being rolled out more broadly. Um, the, the, you know, AI applications that are already coming out. And, um, this is where it gets dangerous to me. So this is, this was my one, my one experience where I was like, all right, um, we need to exercise, uh, the, like exercise, like exercise the demons um, out of this AI because that's that's where we're at. Um, but I used um, on the Brave browser, they have, I don't know if they call it Leo or something like that. They have their AI that they're working on that you can test out. And so I tried it um, and I was looking for uh, where the reference is to where Jesus says, destroy this temple and I will raise it up again in three days. Um, it's in John two. I couldn't remember what gospel uh, it was in. And so I was trying to, to think through that. And then I thought, okay, I'll just quick, you know, I'll just quick search it. And then this popped up and said, do you want to try the AI? I was like, this would be interesting, right? Sure. Again, I'm not a Luddite. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see how this works. So they use Meta's data set. Um, oh. so it's, it's coming from whatever Meta is doing. And here's what popped up. Um, number one, I, I just typed in, you know, roughly like a quick gloss of the verse. Yeah. Um, and it came up, it said, you know, uh, that this, that what I had typed was a, was a slight, you know, uh, uh, a slight misquotation of Jesus words in John two. I was like, okay, so I didn't type it in right. Uh, but it was, you know, in John two where Jesus says this, you know, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up again. It then goes on to add its own commentary. Mm. Here was the commentary. It said, number one, this is impossible right? It can't be done. You can't actually build a whole building in three days, <laughs> which if you remember the context of John two is exactly what the Pharisees say in response to Jesus, right? Like the, the sons of the devil yeah. respond in that exact same way, um, which is just kind of funny and, and uh, weird. But then it also went on to say, also, you shouldn't use such like day. I'd said something like dangerous language, and it was, I think it was just talking about like destroying a temple, right? Like, so that phrase was like a big red flag. Um, now, so here's a bunch of commentary on the morality and ethics of what Jesus said coming from the AI. That's where I think this gets really dangerous, not because it's going to go rogue, but because the same kinds of people, which is a lot of people who rely upon AI to do most of the work for their sermon are the same kinds of people that will just repeat whatever the AI puts in there, right? Just like they're, know. they're not actually going to be thoughtful about it. Just like they repeat what a commentary says. Exactly. Exactly. And, 
and and again right the the question you know and and again the thing with the commentary is i can at least think about what is the credibility of the person Mm -hmm. like writing to me right like when i go oh wow i really trust calvin's yeah the person or the publisher or both the editor right like there's there are people involved yeah but again yes the the date because machine learning again we treat it like magic but it's all about what is the data set what are the people doing the input yeah and there's nothing that about where ai is coming from good or bad and again i do believe there are probably a lot of use cases for it there's nothing about it that would tell me this is going to help me understand the original intent of any particular passage Hmm. but that there are going to be a lot of people attempting to use the shortcut for this right I just think about the verses, right, where when I think about 2 Timothy 2.15, it's a thing that I've asked our church to pray for me. Do your best to present yourself as to God as one approved, a worker who has new. Oh, no, no, this isn't the one. Uh, oh, I'm going to edit this out because. This... <laughs> um, yeah, this isn't 2.15. What verse is this? Why is everyone wrong about what verse this is? Um, interesting. What verse is this? Hold on one sec. The search engine I used to look this up. AI. I know. It the AI is taking over. I know. Um, uh... What are you, what verse are you thinking of? The verse where it says, let your progress be evident to all. It might be just the second half. Let me look here. Uh, Nope. Let me. Um, Because then I'm going to show two examples of chat GBT creating sermon outlines and then we'll be done. Okay, here we go. Because I thought that was the wrong thing. Yep. All right. And then I read it. And then I read it. Yeah. And then I read it like a clapping seal because I was. (laughs) What a great example of what you shouldn't do. Probably will put this at the end of this video. So funny. This this is why you should not use AI, Matt. (laughs) In 1 Timothy 4.15, he says, practice these things immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress Hmm. do you think using an ai system as i just did like shows that you're really immersed in these things yeah like again i think even commentaries can show you're not really immersed in these things that you're trying Hmm. to shortcut the work Hmm. of studying the word also we like think well if i use these tools i'll get these things right quote unquote it's interesting that Tim, that Paul to Timothy here doesn't say get these things right. He yeah. says make progress. Progress, yeah. So grow in it, and and that's a great point too. That um, preaching is an exercise in wisdom. Yeah, and wisdom is not just having the best data set. It's not just collecting the best quotes or information. Um, that like wisdom is actually something that it is not possible for AI or any other kind of, of you know, uh, mechanical thing to help you do. 
it's actually something that you only can just grow in by the spirit of God over time, right? By applying these things, by living according to them. That's and and preaching should be seen as an exercise of wisdom, true wisdom. Yeah. And so what I thought we would do here to close this out is just to show people perhaps the limitations and either and the temptation of using AI. So this is the last sermon I preached in Mark at our church plant, not the sermon I preached. Um, I guess I could have put my sermon in and said, show me how to improve this. That would have been an interesting thing to do as well. If people are interested in this, we can do that in the future. I asked ChatGBT, which is obviously the most used AI system, um, to write me a sermon outline for Mark 4, 21 through 34, that is Christ-centered and for a conservative reformed church, right? So I tried to give it information that would potentially give me something tailored. So title, the, the kingdom of God revealed growing and unstoppable. Um, so introduction, opening prayer, greeting and scripture reading, brief overview about Jesus parables. So that's it's kind of point one. Point two, the light of Christ, explanation of lamp under the basket, Christ, the light of the world, the purpose of his lamp, um, revelation, the call to listen, attentiveness to God's word and blessing of obedience. So then we have the parable of the growing seed, parable of the growing seed, sovereignty of God and growth, the church's role in planting and watering, the mystery of growth, God's timing and plant, the unseen work of the Holy Spirit, unstoppable kingdom, uh, the mustard seed parable, unassuming beginnings of Christ's kingdom, unstoppable expansion, purposes of the parables, concealing and revealing authority in Christ's teaching, Christ-centered application, the call to live in light of Christ personal reflection on Christ's light in our lives, practical steps to share his life with others, cultivating the growth in the kingdom, faithfulness in planting and watering, trusting in God's timing and sovereignty, embracing the unstoppable nature of Christ's kingdom, boldness in evangelism and discipleship, victor, confidence in the victory of Christ, closing, closing prayer. This outline is divine for, designed for a conservative reformed church, emphasizing the sovereignty of God, the authority of Christ, the importance of faithful living in light of these truths. This sermon can further explore this spe specific theological perspective of the Reformed tradition as they relate to the themes presented in Mark 4, 21 through 34. Now, Pastor Michael, what's scary about that is not that it's kind of generic or that it's not wrong about everything. But if I use that outline, like that, that, that there actually could be for a person a temptation to just use that outline and fill mm -hmm. it in. And then ask it questions like, give me an illustration for point two. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the temptation is that it's close enough and generic enough that someone would be like, dude, I could actually just use this yep. without thinking and praying. Is this, are the things it's pointing out the actual intent? of the end of Mark four, where he collects mm. parables. Mm. Now, Pastor Michael, there's another thing people are going to do, and it is using chat GBT to develop sermons in the style of their favorite preacher. So obviously, whether that be uh, Tim Keller, who's now passed away, or in the case, the example that I chose to use for this video in the style of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Um, and so what's interesting is I think what a lot of these sermon writing AI software that you can pay for is they don't just write like a paragraph in each thing. 
they legitimately write like thousands and thousands of words, right? This, as you will see, this will be way too short to actually be a sermon Spurgeon could have preached. Um, so, but here you go. I'm going to read you because it's only a few hundred words. This sermon in the style of Charles Spurgeon. And then I'd love to hear your feedback from AI. Dear saints of God, in the vast fields of the gospel, our Lord Jesus sowed the seeds of heavenly truth, each one carrying the potential blossom into the garden of divine revelation. Today, we find ourselves in the presence of these parables, and I urge you to consider the profound wisdom they hold for our lives. Our Savior asks, is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? The light of the world, Christ himself, was not meant to be hidden. He is the revelation of God's eternal plan, shining forth to all who have ears to hear. Let us not muzzle the truth, but let it illuminate every dark corner of our lives. Take heed what ye hear, our Lord warns. The matter which, which we receive God's word determines the measure of the understanding we gain. To him who eagerly listens and applies, more shall be given. But to him who neglects the truth, even the little understanding which he possesses, shall be taken away. Consider the parable of the growing seed, beloved. The farmer sows the seed, and though he does not understand the intricate workings of germination, he trusts the process. So is the kingdom of God. We are called to be faithful sowers, trusting that the seed of the gospel will germinate and bear fruit in the hearts of those we share it with. The harvest is to be sure. Our labor is not in vain. The mustard seed, though small, grows into a mighty tree. In the same way, the kingdom of God may seem inconspicuous at first, but it grows, but its growth is unstoppable. Christ's kingdom starts small, but becomes a refuge shawl who seeks shelter beneath its branches. Let us be encouraged that our efforts in spreading the gospel, no matter how humble, contribute to the growth of God's kingdom. In conclusion, let us heed the call to be bearers of light, faithful sowers of the gospel, and witnesses to the unstoppable growth of God's kingdom. May we, like the disciples, seek the deeper understanding that Christ imparts when we draw near to him in private communion. As we do so, may the words of these parables take root in our hearts, transforming us into vessels that radiate the glorious light of Christ for all to see. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So, Pastor Michael, what do you think of that? Obviously too short to be an actual Charles Spurgeon sermon. Also, it was, also it was did, better than a Stephen Furtick sermon. I know. That's, that's the that's the other thing. Like a is, lot better. That's that's the other shocking thing is I don't know what to do with the fact that what you just said is so shockingly true. It's like hard to handle. <laughs> uh, it'd be interesting to put that in as right. This in, as something Stephen Furtick would actually say. And like compare them. But I do think it is interesting. I think you see similarities and like it kind of using old English, but its points are basically the same as the outline I asked for. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about what that um, produced? Yeah, it was vague. It's impressive in that, um, like I've, I've read quite a bit of Spurgeon um, over the years. I mean, he's been very influential to me. Um, and you hear some of it in there. Not, not exact, right? Like it's, uh, you know, not, not exactly, but it sounds like it, almost could be right. Like it does have the flavor of Spurgeon, especially the beginning. I really felt it when it was beginning the yeah. way that it kind of like, you know, uh, worked itself up into the sermon, um, really did actually have the, the same feeling of the beginning of a, of a Charles Spurgeon sermon. 
so that's just interesting, right? It's, I think it's, you know, I, I don't think it's right for us to be scared of these things. I don't think it's right for Christians to say, Hey, there's never going to be a place for this. We should shut it all. Um, like if you would have done that with the printing press, guess what? And there were a lot who did, it doesn't matter. Like it wins. Like right. that's going to, it's going to win. Um, that doesn't mean that everything that happened through the printing press was good. Um, but it does mean that God used it mightily and profoundly as a tool in the hands of his people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that it just underscores the point that, hey, this could be a really great tool. Um, you have to be the kind of person that can use it for what it's for, right? Like you have to be the wise person that can use it wisely. And we, I guarantee Stephen Furtick's sermon writers are using this because they're probably as lazy oh. as he is just asking, like, uh, give me a thing, like an inspiring thing to say from this, right? And so I do think, again, that what it often lacks is it lacks any specificity, yep. any, like, anything specific to you. Whereas if you have a faithful pastor, he's thinking of you, he's thinking of people, He's thinking of his people in mind because AI will just truly never be able to think like about your name and who you are and write a sermon in light of that. Hmm. Right. Um, And again, I think so. I think there will be a lot of people attracted to it. I think it is an interesting fact that like the printing press, it will actually probably improve the preaching in some churches. Because they will just follow the outline and instructions of AI instead of these like seeker sensitive Stephen Furtick models. So it will be interesting. I think we just don't know where it's going. Um, I think if you're a pastor, I think you're welcome to use AI like you're welcome to use a a commentary if you're going to show yourself making progress. If you're really being diligent, I would never like I would not be interested in this outline i would be you know there would be maybe other uses for it over time um but i think I just also i know and you know maybe it's maybe i'm just young or something like that or maybe this is just maybe i like preaching uh more than most people do in the ministry i don't know but i i just can't imagine like this is my favorite part of what i get to do sure right is like studying the word of god and writing a sermon and uh, like presenting that to the people of God. Like that's my favorite thing that I get to do ever. I just can't imagine wanting to like, just give that to just a random program. And then to like, just even just the feeling of like reading something like that, it just would feel so lame, you know, I mean, it would just feel so wrong and lame. And I, I want something real, you know what I mean? That joy, AI can't produce that joy, right? If you don't like studying the word and teaching it, you prop and you're in ministry, you're probably in a wrong job. And you can go make 90K today and AI isn't taking it away anyway soon as a truck driver, right? Like there are other ways to make money, man. And it's great. But if you don't like it. And it's right. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. In fact, it's good. It is good. Like if you don't have that kind of love for the word of God and a desire to teach it, then yeah, like you really should look for something else and that's okay. And we are giving you permission to look for something else. 
And if you don't, and if that means we don't have a lot of pastors, it means we already don't have a lot of pastors and we need to get on our knees and pray for pastors. AI can't fix that. Only Jesus can send heart laborers to the harvest. Pastor Michael, five days of restless. We did it. We did it. We are five days in. That means there are still seven more days. Can you imagine all the topics we'll cover? So much. So subscribe, do whatever you have to do. If you saw this as a video or if you're on the podcast, just chill out. They'll keep coming.